Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, how many Arkansas fans did you run into last night that said, give me the Hogs, Chuck? I mean, what a win, man. Well, it was a good win. I mean, there are a lot of Razorback fans here, and there'll be more coming today, I would imagine. So, uh, hey, it was a good win. You survive, you advance, you play the next day. And that's what they were able to do. Tommy pointed out the idea of getting A&M back for what happened in College Station. I know you beat them in Fayetteville, but uh, beating Auburn and that I don't. I you brought this up earlier on the show or this season that uh, Musselman in revenge games is really really good, and I think we saw that firsthand on display last night. Yeah, they played well. You know, they got off to a good start. I thought that was the most important thing. You know, when you lost three games in a row. And you need a win in the worst way. You got to get off to a good start. And they jumped out, went on that 10-0 run early, and they were able to, <laughs> at least until toward the end of the game, they were able to maintain control. Um, but uh, they, um, you know, I thought they went out and uh, did what they had to do, particularly at the start of the ball game. Yeah, and it, you know, this was uh, a, a game where they, you know, we were talking about lineup possibilities when you were with us on Wednesday and how things might change. Went with a smaller lineup. Didn't start either of the Mitchells. We were talking maybe maybe put both both Mitchells in. Go with four guards and Kamani Johnson with Anthony Black, Council Smith, and Davis. And a little bit different look for this game against Auburn, Chuck. Oh, I think maybe they sent a little message. And uh, based on what I saw from Makai Mitchell, I'd say message received. Mm-hmm. He played his best game in a month. I mean, he went 12-6 and six, uh, in the ball game. And, you know, ended up uh, – I mean, he did that in 12 minutes. Uh, or pardon me, he did that in, in fewer minutes yeah. than what he would normally play. So, um, you know, I, I think personally, he didn't say it, but I think personally you send a little message when you uh, when you start Kamani right there. I don't know if he'll start tonight. I, frankly, I wouldn't think so, but um, worked last night. And Jordan Walsh off the bench, 11-4. and four. Uh, he, he had a good game. Mostly stayed out of foul trouble, three for the game, and I thought he was a good lift as well. He played through back spasms. I mean, I oh. thought Jordan was Jordan yeah. was really good last night. He um, um, he gave him a gutty performance. He was four or five from the floor, made three of his four free throws, had four rebounds, had a couple of assists. Um, they did play defense without fouling uh, for the most part, and I thought Jordan played a really good game. You guys ever had back spasms before? Mm-hmm. That's not fun. I mean, they, they put that shock thing. I, I was wondering what kind of doohickey and device was going on him last night. Tens unit. Yeah, and they they shock you until it until it stops, basically. So props to props to Jordan. I mean, <laughs> you look at the freshman last night, Chuck. You brought up Jordan's black stats. AB was six of ten for nineteen points with six boards and six assists. And then Nick had 12 second half, half points. Your three true freshmen that you've relied on for a good chunk of your season, they were monumental last night, man. Sounded like Musk challenged him in the locker room. Challenged him head, uh, heading into the game and challenged him right before the game. I mean, Ricky Council said he called him soft. And um, so I think he got after him pretty good. <laughs> I think they were motivated. I think all of them were. Some of those guys that you just mentioned, he might have been the ones he was talking to. I don't know. But yeah. um, I thought Anthony played a great game. Yeah. So you've been in the camp that they that you've never had a doubt about whether they were going to the tournament. I think nobody should have a doubt this morning, right? It's any any of the uh, stragglers that thought maybe the committee was still making up their mind, that's over, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's done. I think, I think we're set on yeah. who the teams out of the conference are. I think Mississippi State's in now. And uh, they might have been in before, but I think they're in now. 
Um, I think we know who the teams from the league are going to be unless somebody like Vanderbilt wins the tournament. So it's, it's essentially the seven of the eight still alive minus Vanderbilt to add in Auburn, right? That's that's the eight probably going? Yeah, 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 yeah I think so. I think Auburn's in. Yeah. Vandy looked Brandy looked good last night. I, I know that Kentucky's going to dominate that crowd tonight, but I, I would not count out Stackhouse's squad against the Wildcats later on after your game. Oh, I wouldn't count them out either. I mean, they've beaten them. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out at all. So, you guys were there. It, I mean, it felt like watching on TV and listening to you on the radio, Chuck, that it was, we were talking about it earlier in the show, it's more of a semifinal feel than a second-round game feel. Um, they never really panned the full building a lot, but boy, sure looked like it was uh, pretty full for a for a Thursday game. You know, this was the game that everybody was talking about uh, of the four yesterday. This was the one that everyone considered to be the marquee matchup. Now there'll be you know there'll be bigger games as we move through the tournament, but this was the biggest game so far. And of the four that were played yesterday, I can tell you the you know this was the game that was the talk of the tournament and. Um, everyone expected it. See, Arkansas is the enigma here. Um, Arkansas is a team everybody talks about. Which Arkansas team is going to show up? How good is Arkansas? How can they be a 10 seed? Um, they're, they're, they're kind of the mystery right now. And so a lot of the conversation among the people who are here is that, you know, the Razorbacks are the team that if there's one team out there that could make a run through it, has the ability to, that, you know, is not among the higher seeds, it would be Arkansas. Uh, that's the consensus here. Now, it doesn't mean anything other than that's the consensus. But, yeah, it was the game everybody wanted to see last night. So are they the most dangerous team there? Could be. I mean, could be. Um, they're the team with the most talent among those who are, you know, not among the top five, six seeds, I guess. Uh, when you look at the teams beyond, you know, really the really the double-bye teams. Um, you know, Arkansas is the team out there that, in terms of talent, I think everybody looks at and says, if there's somebody that can explode right now, that's who it is. You're hoping you can do that explosion you're talking about against Texas A&M later tonight. I always appreciate when Buzz Williams is scouting. He was he was there at the game last night for, I think, its entirety. He sits right next to the media row, and he's vividly uh, watching. What, what do you think he took into account last night, guys, that he's going to try and curtail later on at 6 o'clock? Well, I think you got to pay attention to Anthony Black, you know. I mean, I think that Arkansas's ability to, to do a lot of the things they wanted to do offensively last night and rebound the way they did, I don't think you're going to out-rebound A&M the way they did last night. I think this is going to be a much more physical game inside tonight. And as good as Arkansas was with their interior guys last night, they're going to be challenged in a different way tonight. And so, um, you know, uh, you better be ready to get after it physically tonight on the interior because A&M will. How about the fact that Devo Davis has 10 rebounds last night, guys? And Tommy, you were referring to the small lineup that Arkansas initially started with. When you're, and I know Devo was playing more of the three last night with Nick at the two, but when your 6'4 guard is getting 10 boards, I mean, that's pretty impressive for a guy that always seems to have his nose around the basketball. Yeah, and I mean, Devo's not scoring as much right now because it's not required, so he does other things. And, you know, 10 rebounds. There were some long rebounds last night, and, you know, that's that's where your guards that have a nose for the ball can, you know, you can, I'm not going to say pad your stats, but the numbers can go up pretty quickly uh, in terms of rebounds. And, no, I, th- I thought Devo was terrific last night. Yeah, and a lot of those were drives back to the hole or putbacks inside. I mean, 48 paint points last night, guys. Yeah. That can't be overlooked, and how they won this game oh i think that was a key stat and you know we uh we talk about that and we really talked about it a lot in relation to the kentucky game uh they scored over half their points in lexington in the paint and i think barely even scored a third of them if that in the game at fayetteville and that was you know that was the difference and that's going to be something to watch tonight arkansas was able to get to the rim last night they you know they they um, I thought a big key was they limited Auburn to one shot. You know, Auburn ended up with six second-chance points and six offensive rebounds. Um, Arkansas was plus 12 in second-chance points. Truthfully, Arkansas generally, you know, you don't see that kind of advantage in second-chance points a lot of the time. So they were able to do that last night. It'll be harder to do that tonight. I don't expect Arkansas to be plus 12 in second-chance points tonight, but you got to get a push in that area. 
Uh, and you got to shoot the ball well. Arkansas shot the ball well last night. And obviously, you got to do that if you're going to win. Chuck, take us back to the final 45 seconds. Flanagan hits that little pull-up slash push shot with about 40 seconds. Then Nick comes down and hits that pull-up jumper on the baseline. And then Devo gets that steal. I mean, what's going through your mind at a crazy sequence of events in the last about 45 seconds? Well, I was just calling the game. That's what was going through my mind. But I thought Nick's shot was huge. Um, that was the uh, that was the play of the game to me. Um, that's uh, he's the only guy that you know. I, I won't go so well. I shouldn't say he's the only guy on the team to get at that shot, but you know he's one of maybe only two or three. And um, he got that to go, and that was a huge, huge basket right there. That was a clutch shot from a big time player. And um, you know, to me again, biggest play of the game. Well, that's the moment we've been waiting on. I mean, that that's that's why you sign a McDonald's All American, the number one player in the country. All these things is to hit those shots in big games. And we were talking before you got on. That's you know, to this point, that's the career highlight. Now, you know, that's that's not saying a lot considering the the limited number of games you've been able to play in. But right now, that's the defining moment for Nick Smith as a Razorback. Well, I guess. I mean, if you wanted to frame it, you know, in a in a first-round SEC game, I guess. But, I mean, it was a big shot. I won't go so far as to say that, you know, that's – I hope it's not his biggest moment. But well, uh, it was a big shot in a game that they, um, you know, they needed to win. That's for sure. But to this point, that's – I think that's the – if you had to to frame – or bring it down to one well, play, that's so. the one I understand game. what you're yeah. saying. I understand what you're saying. And I hope saying. there's bigger yes. ones. But, but, you know, that's yeah. that's why you signed him up. <laughs> that's what you want him here for is for moments like that. Uh, it's another, and it's also the reason he came to Fayetteville, right? I mean, he grew up a Razorback fan. And while you just brought up the, the kind of – the fan vantage point and the coaching vantage point, I mean, he wanted to be in a moment like that. There's a lot of guys that say they, they want to take the big shot, but when it comes down to the last 20 or – 30 seconds, they'll shy away from the basketball. I mean, Nick almost demanded the basketball from Debo, took his guy baseline, and then knocked down a clutch jumper. That 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 shot, is as easy as he made that look with a contested Flanagan. I mean, Flanagan's like 6'6", and he, he jumped, and he almost blocked it. But for Nick to do that as flawless as it looked was was, what was very impressive, it's just how he was able to do that. Well, he's been doing that all his life. Nick's been the best player on the floor his whole life. And uh, Nick's taken the biggest shots and the biggest games since he started playing basketball. So that was, in my mind, for Nick, that was, he was just out there playing. Um, I think that's just, you know, again, he's, he's accustomed to the big moment. He may not have had the big moment here, but he's accustomed to big moments. And um, yeah, he wants the ball there because as long as he's been playing basketball in those situations, he's been one. You know, he's been the one with the ball there. So I think he was very comfortable in that situation. Yeah. So we'll have a uh, five thirty tonight baseball uh, this afternoon. Arkansas, Louisiana Tech, five thirty. Chuck, you'll uh, crank it up from Bridgestone Arena tonight in Arkansas and A and M, uh, and trip to the semifinals on the line. Yeah, should be a good one. I mean, looking forward to it. It'll be uh, – tournaments are fun. I mean, tournaments are fun and, you know, ready to go back out there tonight. Yeah, should be fun. Hey, want to remind everybody our Mermaid Madness is going on with Burton Pools and Spas. Guys, know what? It'd be a great gift or a great item to win and bring home with you as a uh, four-person spa from Burton Pools and Spas, a new fantasy enamor premier spa. Just go to hitthatline.com, click on Mermaid Madness. Guess how many mermaids – or in the hot tub, or go by Burton's. You can see the number of mermaids for yourself in Springdale or Fort Smith. Enter your guess online at hitthatline.com slash mermaidmadness. The closest guest wins the hot tub. There's also a $500 coupon on the entry form. So if you're thinking about a new hot tub or above-ground pool right now, you can get that $500 coupon by entering the contest as well. We'll announce the winner on April the 4th. It's all from Burton Pools and Spas, Springdale and Fort Smith. It's mermaid madness you know we're talking about the starting lineups here's what must had to say after the game with what he switched up there's really not a, a starting group we're a team we're playing in postseason play which it's our playoff so to speak and you can't worry about anything but being really supportive of your teammates when you're not in the game and then when you're in the game play your role that's been established throughout the course of the season that hot start you were talking about is either a 12 to 2 or 10 to 2 start and Arkansas's guards were really finding each other mismatch issues and when you had that many guards on the floors guys a lot of times 
there's a bigger man that can't defend the quickness. And I felt like Arkansas really initially took advantage of that. Yeah, the 10-0 run there was, I mean, they, um, you know, that, again, as we were talking a little bit earlier, they needed a fast start. And they were able to do that through that run and allowed them to control the first half. And I think for Arkansas, who at points this season has just been gotten so behind, I think the last time they played Auburn, right? Wendell Green comes off that pin down, hits an and one three, and you just never felt like you recovered after that. I mean, you Chuck, you held a lead for nearly the entire ball game tonight, mm-hmm. with the exception of when Flanagan hit that shot, and then initially in, in, in the two zero to start the game. This this was a completely different game than what it was when you went to the jungle earlier this year. Well, yeah, you didn't have Nick. You know, that was the big thing. And you were still kind of reeling at that point. There was a lot of adjustment. If you remember, I mean, that was the 7th of January, and that's kind of right after we found out from us that, um, you know, we're not going to have him for a while, probably at least till the end of the month. And so I think they were reeling a little bit there. Arkansas is a different team than they were then. Arkansas shoots the ball better now than they did then. Uh, Auburn does too. You know, Auburn, uh, Auburn was not bad last night um you know they shot 49 percent so um you know arkansas is a different team a better team and you know when you play somebody that early in conference play i don't really think it means anything you know when you play them again in the tournament unless you know you know you got some motivation from having beaten them um it's just been so long i mean you know we're talking about a good solid two months and, um, you know, you're not going to play somebody two months later and then be the same team you played before. Yeah, almost like playing a different team at this point. Well, right, right, right. Well, you think about the first game, um, Flanagan didn't start. Chris Moore started. And um, I thought Chris Moore was Auburn's key last night. He really got him fired up over in the bench area, played hurt. A uh, kid from West Memphis. I, I, I think without him, Arkansas may win by 20. Yeah. But uh, he, he, he got him going. He got them going. Hey, let me talk just for a second to those of you who are in the real estate market. If you're a buyer or a seller, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, is the company that you need to remember. Real estate professionals. And, you know, one of the things that Weicker does better than anybody else is understand the market. And I think that's important. These are full-time real estate professionals. This is not a side gig. This is something that they do every day. You got to understand it. You got to know what's going on. You got to be able to read the tea leaves, so to speak. And they're able to do that better than anybody else. That was my experience. I partnered with them to sell, partnered with them to buy. And, you know, we all like to think we know everything about everything, but the truth is we don't. And that's why you need to partner with someone like the pros at Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've recently opened an office in Branson, Missouri, and you can always log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Hogfin's texting in. He was asking about the, the tech Kamani got in, in the second half. Uh, I'll, I'll let y'all give y'all's opinion first on that. It was legit. Point. It was legit. He pushed him. Yeah. Um, at first, um, um, in fact, I made the comment on there. I'm not sure he pushed him. But then when you saw the other angle, he did. That was a legit call. I like Kamani. I love the energy he brings. Yeah. But sometimes he just, like, dares you to call a foul. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't have a problem with that call. Musk kind of smiled when he was asked about that in the press conference, Chuck. He was talking about the physicality. He's like, yeah, we, we, we kind of knew he was going to get a few fouls in there. So I, I think it set the tone early, him kind of being the aggressor in certain situations. See, well, he got too early and they had to sit him. So, I mean, he really wasn't that much of a factor in the first half. I thought in the second half he was more of a factor. Yeah, because I, I, wasn't that his, that was his third foul when he got the technical foul, if I remember right. But, um, you know, he'd gotten wrapped up before he got the shot up. And, you know, they showed that play if you were watching home over and over in slow motion, and it didn't look like much if you were watching it in slow motion. That was one of those plays – if you're not looking at it in real time on the replays, you don't really understand or you don't have the full context on the on the contact that was there with just that little bit of a forearm, and it doesn't take much when a guy's in the air. I think the guy was going to the ground anyway. I thought it was a quick reaction by the baseline official, but I think video does back up what was called. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, the severity of it, it was probably on the lower end of the scale, but when a guy's airborne like that, he is very vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, again, I thought it was legit. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have any problem with the call. Yeah, 
You guys were talking about Makai Mitchell having one of his better games of the season, uh, and I, I'm forgetting who said that between you two about Ricky Consul saying after the game that getting called soft. I mean, how much do you think this team heading into this game not only wanted to prove their fan base, but really their head coach that they're not a soft basketball team? Well, I think that's, you know, part of the psychology of getting a team ready to play. I mean, you've got to punch the right button. Sometimes you you tell them how good they are, and sometimes you tell them they're not very good. And um, you got to know your team. You yeah. can't say that after you, you can't say that before every game. But there are certain games where you can. See, you guys were uh, were busy doing post game stuff, and I was watching from uh, from home last night. And Ricky got to go up on the set last night with the SEC Network guys, and they had this. I don't know, 30, 45-second highlight reel of Ricky Council dunks. And you could tell he was eating that up. And then at one point, they put a graphic up, said, the dunk king. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that was the reward for a game last night. He had a couple of really nice flushes last night, a couple of good dunks. But he's got a, a great reputation for that. And that's what they eat up is that moment like he had after the game on uh, on television. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's moment he'll remember forever. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure the family... The family was taping, and they'll uh, they'll they'll watch that years from now. You wonder why guys do what they do? It's just to and they earn a moment like that last night. Oh, so. I'm sure he and, enjoyed it. Of course, it wouldn't have meant anything if they had won. But sure. uh, he wouldn't have been up there if they had won. That's 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 when it's fun. Yeah. I'll tell you what. On on that SEC network set, I think Pat Bradley does a fantastic job with. I think Ron Slade. I'm forgetting the other guy, but Pat always he he just brings the energy, and I, I think seeing and being up there with fellow Razorbacks, he really enjoys that a lot. That's his that's his uh, that's his favorite thing now. Post playing days, yeah. they had a really interesting interview with the commissioner, uh, just kind of going back and bringing the event forward from from COVID. And I thought uh, some of the things the the commissioner had to say about all that happened with COVID and it's kind of evolving this this event um, back this direction was was interesting. It was, it was a really good interview. So if you get a chance to go back and catch some of that, I thought Greg Sankey was pretty candid on some things he shared on the set last night between the games following Arkansas and Auburn. We're going to get a chance to hear from him at 5.30 later on today. I, I'm curious to see if... The Brandon, I mean, the Brandon Miller thing has to come up, right? If if he's asked about like how does the SEC go about protocols with that that type of situation, which of course it's, well, I don't know if it's ever happened in the history of this league. Amazingly, he was not asked that by the uh, oh. by the SEC crew. You were just louding a moment ago. They did not ask that question. Well, there it's a PR department to a certain extent. <laughs> the media, I, I think there'll be some guys at AL.com and various other outlets that will ask him about that amongst mm-hmm. other things. But uh, I am curious to see what his response is to that because I I. He hadn't said anything to this point, right? There still hasn't been anything about that? He didn't bring it up on his own last night. Nope. So, so that'll, that will that will get brought to his attention at some point at 530 tonight. So um, that'll be interesting. So, uh, yeah, maybe grab that and we'll see uh, see what his reaction is to that. I think it's going to be a fun fun night. I mean, Vanderbilt and Kentucky, if Arkansas gets past A&M, Kentucky beats Vanderbilt, Chuck, I think there'll be a lot of people getting up at the crack of dawn and finding their way over to Nashville, hunting for a ticket, scouring StubHub or whatever. If if that plays out and you got to beat Texas A&M first, uh, how fun that will be to have an Arkansas-Kentucky rematch a week later. Should be fun if it, you know, if it happens. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. I was a little shocked that there weren't more Kentucky fans there last night. And I was a little shocked there weren't more Arkansas fans there last night. We'll see if we'll see if people get up and hit the road today. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, did you see the news? I know you've been busy, but the Bill Self story? What's going on in in uh, Kansas City this weekend? All I know is that he missed the game, and they said he was sick. I don't know anything more than that. You'll have to enlighten us. They, the only other thing I saw in the, um, the crawl is they ruled out a heart attack. So he's getting treatment. They're not going into particulars, at least when I went to bed last night. I've seen nothing new this morning about what the issue is, but there's no reason to believe it. From what we know right now, he won't be with his team next Thursday either. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You'll have to tie tie. You'll have to tell that story. Yeah, well, Chuck. Sorry, Tommy just said it best. I mean, they they sent out that memo. It's uh, doesn't have a lot of information on it. Basically, he's currently in the University of Kansas health system. Uh, they're hoping he can join his team shortly. Now, I've seen stuff like this before, and it's in some cases. Uh, guy hadn't come back in several weeks other cases he's come back that next weekend so uh, Kansas who will probably be unless something crazy happens the number one overall seed when you're filling out your bracket on hitthatline.com definitely take that into account kind of the status of of their head coach but you've got all these tournaments guys uh, I mean I've watched a good chunk of the SEC being here in Nashville at Bridgestone you had a great game between Mississippi State and Florida that was in overtime yesterday Tennessee took care of business, as did Vandy last night. Uh, Watch some of the other games. I know Arizona State beat USC. You've got uh, the Big 12, of course, going on in Kansas City. Have you guys been able to focus on anything else outside of what's going on in this league, or has it just been solely on what's going on in Bridgestone? I've watched well, if you're very asking little, me, I mean, right? yeah, I mean, I've been working, so I mean, I haven't, I haven't paid attention to anybody else. The, no. During the commercial breaks, I. Flipped over a little bit just to kind of see what was going on. But, uh, no, I hadn't watched a lot or paid a lot of attention. That's all North Carolina lost, and that probably means they're out of the tournament. Uh, I, you know, I've score watched at the bottom of the screen more than I've done anything. Well, the lines today for today's matchups, uh, Missouri is a five-and-a-half-point underdog against Tennessee. Mississippi State is a seven-and-a-half-point underdog against Bama. A&M is a one-and-a-half-point favorite against Arkansas. I don't know if they've come out with the Kentucky and Vanderbilt line yet. I looked this morning and it wasn't there. I'll go back and, and check that later on. Does any of those lines those stand out to you heading into today's matchups? Nope. Seven-and-a-half's a lot for Bama. And then what you said, seven-and-a-half? Yes, seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Mississippi State, Tommy. Yeah, and, you know, Missouri's been red hot right now, five-and-a-half for them. So, I don't know, those are some things to uh, keep an eye on and – Basically, Arkansas and A&M's a pick at one point. So. And then Kentucky is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Vanderbilt later on today. That is the uh, – I guess that just got added because it wasn't there earlier this morning. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, that I think that, you know, we hope the Arkansas A&M game is the most interesting. That's the one we're most interested in. That's the game outside of the Razorback game I think has a chance to, to maybe be the best is the nightcap between Vandy and Kentucky and – Stackhouse seems to have his the psyche of his team and the, the focus of his team right now. They're they're dialed in. What have they won? Eight of, eight of the last nine or something like that. Nine of ten now. Nine yeah. of ten. So, I mean, yeah, after uh, yeah, that's right. After beating LSU. Yeah, they um, you know they're good. Stackhouse done a good job, and I, I I'm still a little bit suspect of them without Robbins being able to play. Although they've won a lot of games without Liam Robbins this year, so. Um, that'll be a good game. There'll be a lot more Kentucky people here uh, today, I'm sure. Uh, there'll be a lot of people there tonight. And, you know, Vanderbilt doesn't have a real big fan base in terms of you know, there's more Tennessee fans in Nashville than there are Vanderbilt fans, mm-hmm. truth be told. But Vanderbilt will also be the one that everybody else in the arena pulls for. Mm-hmm. So uh, they'll have, uh, you know, what what part of the crowd is neutral, they'll have on their side. I wonder if their routine's any different since the tournament's there in their town. I wonder if they do it any different, you know, everybody else in a hotel. I don't do have any clue, but i just thinking about know. that, you know. Well, I mean, it's just right up the street. Right. It's not like, you know, <laughs> Vanderbilt, for those who, who don't know Nashville, Vanderbilt's just right up the street from the downtown area. So, um you know, if they wanted to stay home, they could. If they wanted to have the experience, I'm sure they'd be welcome to do that, too. 
I think about the football team, Tommy, and maybe it's football to basketball, but, I mean, the football team still stays in the hotel, even though yeah. the dorm rooms yeah. are closer. They still put them out there. So I would think, maybe I'm wrong, maybe Vandy doesn't want to spend the money because their athletic department doesn't seem to invest as much as other SEC schools, but I would think they'd still yeah. put them in a hotel. I don't think money has anything to do with that. They just may be, you know, however they decide to do it, however they're most comfortable mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, they need to keep doing because they've won nine of ten. So, Arkansas and A and M today, uh, five thirty for the airtime tonight. Uh, Chuck, we'll uh, we'll have some baseball leading up to that. Arkansas and Louisiana Tech, then UNZ from from Nashville tonight. Hopefully, uh, the early games had overtime yesterday, but still managed to get off on time in the evening session. Uh, obviously, Arkansas and A and M played twice this year. Uh, last in mid February. Uh, We'll see how the the guard play matches up tonight. Uh, when you look at guards, you know, A&M's got one of the best in the league as well. Yeah, they're good. I mean, A&M's, I mean, their record speaks for itself. Uh, the the spot where Arkansas, in my mind, can't uh, can't get beaten down tonight's on the glass. And then you've got to, I mean, you can't turn it over 19 times tonight and win. Uh, you're just not going to. You turn it over 19 times tonight, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to play tomorrow. So they got to cut down on that, but... The biggest thing with A&M is you got to keep them off the offensive glass. And, you know, their, uh, their guards crash. Um, and, you know, they they get rebounding from four or five guys. And so, to me, that's uh, – if Arkansas can do on the glass, uh, I won't say what they did last night, but have that kind of effort that they had last night, I think they'll get a push in that area. And if they can, I think they can win. Yeah, you got uh, – was it Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford – to deal with, and I wonder where Devo uh, gets assigned defensively for this game. He'll go with Taylor. They'll put. They'll well, put Taylor's, you know, Taylor's the one that can go off. I mean, Taylor's the one that can really go off, and then he's gone off on us a couple of times, and other player, you know, other teams too. So had eighteen um, in the last meeting. So. Yeah, and he had a couple of years ago, or last year, I guess maybe he had one game in Fayetteville where he had up close to thirty. So he's uh, he's a good player. He can he can score in spurts and score a lot. And, um, you know, A&M's record speaks for itself. Arkansas was fortunate to beat them in Fayetteville. And, you know, I, if I'm not mistaken, A&M's the one that sent the Razorbacks home last year Yep. Uh, from the conference tournament. So, um, you know, you better be ready to play. Beat them in the semis last year. What yeah. was interesting about yesterday's game, we're talking about Devo a little bit. So a lot of times Devo this season has shut down the opponent's best player in the first half, either held in them well below their season average or, um, in the case of Brandon Miller and Fayville, didn't score. Last night, Wendell Green had a pretty good first half, didn't score in the second half. And Devo Davis was the byproduct of that. I mean, that guy consistently is in your grill. And with him not having to score as much, the workload on offense, not having to do as much there, he can really concentrate on that. And I think that was on full display last night, guys. Well, you know, he wasn't the only one defending him, but he was the primary defender. And, you know, Green didn't score in the second half. And that speaks for itself. So, yeah, whatever they did last night, they were doing right. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, when you set the lineup or you set the minutes, and sometimes we get too caught up in who starts and not enough in who finishes and who actually plays the bulk of the minutes. You went a little bit bigger. You started both Mitchells in that game. I don't know if that's the route Muss will take tonight, Chuck, but I don't know that they'll go with four guards and, and Kamani either tonight. Yeah, I would think they'll uh, they'll probably switch some things up. You know, they've uh, they've got some other options there. and Now, you know, it's not to say that, you won last night, so you don't start those guys. If you don't get off to a good start, you switch them out. So I'm not sure what they're thinking is going to be there. But I know that you know, you're going to have to counter A&M's inside play. Well, and you mentioned it earlier. Getting off that good start last night was, was so key for, for this team and building some confidence. And um, I think those first four minutes and where you're at at that first media timeout's a really important tale on tonight's game. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, the first five minutes of the second half is important, too. And, um, you know, I guess the other 35, 40 minutes are pretty important themselves. So you don't have to have a good start to win. It's nice when you do. I think they needed one last night uh, because of the fact they'd not won in a while. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, last night being being able to get off to a 10-2 to two start I thought was important. I mean, would you love to win tonight? Absolutely. I mean, winning's always better than losing. But if you can – just not do anything to, to leave Nashville tonight with, with doubt or, or, or an issue you think's crept up with this team. You, you can't get beat down. You don't want to have any 
mental stigma. If you, if you can just play this game close, and I think they will tonight, and obviously the betting odds think they will, I think you're in a right frame of mind going into next week. Would you like to win and play another game? Sure you would, but I don't think that's paramount to anything that's going to happen next week. we got to ask this on Hog Reaction. I want y'all's opinion on this. If Arkansas somehow, way runs the table, beats A&M tonight, maybe Kentucky tomorrow, and then Alabama on Saturday – that put them at a at a seven seed. That'd be four straight quad one wins. Is that enough to get them to a seven seed with four straight and an SEC tournament champion? Depends on maybe what happens in the other areas too. I mean, um, we've just not seen much evidence, frankly, that you know what happens in the conference tournament moves you that much in the NCAA tournament. Now the pendulum may swing in a different direction this year. I mean, you know, we've certainly seen that too, but. You know, A&M made the run last year, and they didn't even get in. So, um, I don't know. I mean, if you win the thing, you know, I mean, are you going to move from a 9 to a 7 by winning your conference tournament? I don't know. Yeah. Now, if they've got them at an 8 seed, we don't know where they've got them. If the consensus now is 8 seed, if you win the tournament, could you get to a 7? Well, maybe. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, um, I think you focus on winning tonight. Period. End of story. And here's the conversation the Aggies are having, because I think they're projected as a seven in a lot of things I've looked at. Hey, they beat Arkansas tonight. They beat Kentucky. They beat Alabama. They're wondering if they can jump to a five. See, here's the thing. I can tell you from being around teams, fans talk about this stuff. Players and coaches never do. It never comes up. They never talk about seeding. Players and coaches feel like if I can get in the tournament, I can win. You know, I want to get in the tournament. Seeding in many cases, in my opinion, has become affirmation for fans and nothing more. Um, I don't think there's much difference at all between a five seed and a ten seed in college mm-hmm. basketball. I think matchups are overrated. Um, ones go down all the time. If this thing went by the chalk, we'd, you know, we wouldn't even need to play it. So uh, I don't think coaches and players think about that. Fans do. Fans do. But I don't think coaches and players but do. I do think there's some value, though, in avoiding certain seeds because of matchups with one or two seeds. So I do think there's some value in that. But I get what you're saying, that uh, I, I think we overvalue it, other than uh, you want to avoid playing the one seed or maybe the best team in the country in your second game. This is all about affirmation. That's what seeding's about. And uh, players and coaches just want to go out and play. They don't care where they're seated. A player or a coach that's good, We'll tell you, well, if we're going to win at all, we got to beat the best teams anyway. And I'd much, you know, my, my personal opinion, I'd rather play the great teams early. I'd rather play them in the first or second round than play them with all the cards on the table. That's what they're built for. They're built for those games. You're not sometimes. So if you're, uh, you know, if you're an eight or a nine seed and, you know, I mean, play them second round, let's go. And um, because here's the thing. Coaches and players are in it to win the tournament. They're not in it to say, well, let's go win one game and we're fine. They're going in the thing to win it all. That's what every coach and every player worth his salt is thinking. And um, they all, everyone that I've ever been around that was worth anything, um, feels like that, hey, we're going to have to beat the best team at some point. Let's play them today. If you don't feel that way, if you don't feel that way as a player or a coach, if you think to yourself, man, I don't know if I want to play that guy in the second round, well, don't plan on getting to the third round because your season's going to end. So, um, again, I, I think this stuff's fun for fans. We talk about it, but I don't think a single coach or a single player on any team that's any good is worried about where they're going to be uh, – where they're going to be seated. Hey, those of you in North Central Arkansas, I want to talk to you for just a minute about Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond measure. And they're always looking for new ways to serve you. And they're proud to announce right now that Dr. Scott Ferguson has joined the Baxter Health family and he's seeing patients at the Baxter Health Urology Clinic in Harrison. Now, if you're in Harrison, you know about Dr. Ferguson. He's been around a long time. You know about his location on West Sherman Avenue. Seeing patients there now. And you can call him at 870-741-2317. That's 870-741-2317. You can schedule your appointment today. And I'll also tell you that the Baxter Health Urology Clinic in Harrison is now hiring nursing staff. Sign on bonuses. If you're an experienced LPN, you can join the team of quality care providers. Visit workwhereyouvacation.com and apply today. Let's talk to Charlie and Camden. Charlie, good morning. Good morning, Ty. You uh, 
You doing okay, man? You staying out of trouble down there in Nashville? I'm great. That was an awesome win last night. Got to meet up with some Arkansas fans after. Running about three hours of sleep, but hey, got to oh, get going God. this morning. I can, I can hear it. I can hear it in your voice. I mean, it's you and Chuck down there, so you, you don't be getting... Don't be getting Chuck in trouble now. No, no, he's too too good for that type of stuff. (laughs) Chuck can find his own trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, uh, I'm proud of the team last night from the standpoint of, like, things that have kind of hindered them down the stretch with the free throws and just making a big shot or two down the stretch, getting the stop, whatever. I mean, it's like they finally were able to kind of accomplish that and, you know, that, that's the big thing. I, I just didn't want to go into the tournament on a four-game losing streak more than anything. I knew we were in regardless, but, you know, I just think from a confidence standpoint, Chuck, you, you can probably touch on this a little more, but, you know, I think a lot of this, uh, something must said the other day in his interview leading up made so much sense. You know, we believe as a staff that we can go down there and win this thing, but the kids have to believe it too. And so, you know, when you're struggling – you know, it's hard. And, and you got, these kids are young. I mean, a lot of times we forget how young they are, 18, 19 years old. And let's be real, the only guys that have really been here have been Kamani and Devo. So, you know, some of these older guys, yeah, they've been in other leagues, but it's nothing like the SEC tourney. As far as tonight, the matchup, I think a and is a really, really good matchup for us. I think, obviously, it's going to be a tight game down to the wire. And uh, I think whoever can... Make the plays down the stretch, similar to last night, is going to win this thing. Anyways, guys, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Charlie made a point there that I want to go back to uh, when he talked about these guys playing in their first SEC tournament. You know, those of us who've watched this thing, been to this thing year after year, we kind of get jaded on this. Jordan Walsh was on the postgame show last night on the radio, and he, you know, he talked about how this was his first SEC tournament game. He was excited about it. First time he'd been to the SEC tournament, wanted to play in it. Um, we forget that sometimes when we go year after year and we get a little jaded by it all and we talk about, you know, hey, is it better to win this game or would you be better off making a run or, you know, uh, how do you want to manage it in terms of the tournament next week? And all these guys want to do is just go play. I mean, that's all they want to do. They want to win the tournament. You know, they're not satisfied, I can assure you, with just winning one. We may be, but they're not. Jordan was jumping up and down after the game. You could tell he was excited, not just in his interview with you, but also uh, just directly after. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dining and carryout. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Black on the other end, keeps the dribble against Flanagan, gets to the rim, throws it up, it goes and one. Wow! 
Wow, Anthony Black absorbed the contact, got it to go. Auburn didn't like the call, but Arkansas is up six, and they'll try to make it seven. You think about what your true freshman did on one of the biggest stages they played in all season, probably the biggest being the SEC tournament. Nick has 12 points in the second half, including the game-winning shot. I know Devo hit those free throws, but I'm still called a game winner. Anthony Black goes 6 for 10, 6 assists, and 6 rebounds. And then Jordan Walsh goes 4 for 5. Guys, true freshman didn't seem to shy away from the big moment last night. No, they all played well. And, you know, when you've got a team with freshmen on them, They've got to play well for you to win. And so uh, I thought Black's play was key last night, uh, just throughout the ball game. Uh, you know, 19-6-6, six six, uh, those, are, those are pretty good numbers. And, you know, Nick hit the biggest shot of the game. It was the biggest shot of the game. And um, without it, you don't win. Yeah, great guard play. I mean, probably some of the best combo guard play in a conference game that we've seen this season when you combine Black and Smith's performance. Tonight at 6, you'll take on Texas A&M. Chuck and Z will be courtside starting at 5.30 right here on ESPN Arkansas at hitthatline.com. You're also taking on Texas A&M in softball this weekend at Bogle Park, and you're playing them baseball. So a lot of Aggie Razorback matchups this weekend. First conference series for Courtney Diefel and company, opening again as a top 10 team this season. Baseball-wise, you got Louisiana Tech in town. I think it's the sixth time that you played the Bulldogs under Dave Van Horn. Same starting rotation. You've got Hagen Smith today, uh, Will McIntyre tomorrow, and then Hunter Holland on Sunday. You haven't lost to these guys, you, a series to them yet. You've lost games, so you haven't lost a series. We'll see if you're able to keep that. Guys, final non-conference weekend series of the season. That'll be a big one today, 3 o'clock, and uh, should be a, it's going to be a tough weekend. And, you know, uh, other than Arlington, Chuck, probably the toughest test of the non conference season. La Tech's got a good program. You know, they've got a good program down there, and Arkansas has played a lot of games with them, as you mentioned, Ty. And that's a place Dave's always liked to take the team, and they've played home and homes, and Arkansas has been to Ruston, and they've been up here. And so, yeah, I mean, they're a, they're a good team, good program. Uh, they've been in the postseason a lot. So, you know, we're getting closer to conference play now. Um, it's not quite like, you know, what it is maybe in basketball or sometimes in football when you get three non-conference games to start the year. I mean, it's, you know, it's still going to be a work in progress, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think that, you know, we saw that in basketball in a long conference season. Um, you know, you don't always just shoot right out of the gate. Now, they may. But, you know, when you look at where they are right now, they've still got some issues, and they know it, and so does everybody else. And that's, you know, a lot of this stuff I don't think you begin to figure out until it's warm and, you know, you start playing in baseball weather and good-hitting teams seem to start hitting when the weather warms and, you know, all these sore arms seem to get a lot better when it's 75 degrees as opposed to 45 degrees. So, um, you know, there's still a lot of time out there, but... You know, there is the sense of urgency and that, you know, all the games are begin, or at least the weekend games after this weekend are going to matter a lot. Also, you got the men and women's NCAA track championships. Wanted to mention that as well, the indoor uh, today. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Christian put a great note in the rundown this morning, and I didn't realize this, that Eric Mussman. It's the first basketball coach here at the U of A, and that includes Nolan Richardson and Eddie Sutton, 
to win 20-plus games in his first four seasons at Arkansas. Guys, that's a, that's a pretty compelling stat when you talk about his early resume here. No doubt. You know, it's a different game now. You've got the portal that can help you reload in a hurry. And Mus is really good at that. And we saw that right away when he got here and the effect that it had. Um, you know, when Eddie Sutton got here, there was no program. And, um, you know, when Nolan Richardson was here, you had to, you know, you had to build it, you know, with high school kids. You didn't have, uh, and he had a transfer too, but it wasn't like a portal deal. So it's a different deal. You can, you can win more quickly now. I'm not taking anything away from us. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm just saying that because I think he may end up being spoken of in the same breath as these other guys by the time it's all said and done. But I do think that the, the transfer portal allows you, particularly in basketball, to, to improve very rapidly. Yeah, I think in most people's mind, just solely based on postseason success, you know, the long-term Razorback fan that can go back all those decades we just kind of went over real quickly would probably put Muss as the third-best coach at, at, at minimum in program history. Well, I'm not ready to go, you know, I'm not ready to rate him yet. I mean, it's his fourth year. So, uh, but he's, uh, he's certainly on track. Mm-hmm. He's certainly on track to be mentioned in the same breath with the other ones. You want to hear how it's gone for Bruce Pearl in the SEC tournament? Boy, it hasn't been good. Yeah. 2016, lost first game. 2017, lost first game. 2018, lost first game. And they won it all in 2019. 2020 was canceled. They had a postseason ban in 2021. In the last two seasons, they have lost the first game. You think about it where Arkansas was. I mean, you had COVID where the tournament gets canceled. It must his first year. And you've gone semifinals the last two. You're in the quarterfinals tonight. We'll see if you can advance to, to Saturday. But, I mean, you that's the thing that people look at is like just this to what this team does in postseason it's it's remarkable and you're just hoping that last night's win will kind of propel something with them and and maybe woke them up a little bit well let's not confuse conference tournaments with the ncaa tournament let's they're 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 two entirely different animals bruce pearl may not have had a lot of success in conference tournaments, but if you you know if you remember Bruce Pearl burst on the scene many many years ago, based on what he did in the NCAA tournament. That's that's what gets you jobs. That's what moves you up. Uh, that's what makes you the flavor of the month. We hired one one year and it didn't work out. Um, you know um, things like that happen in the NCAA tournament. So I don't want to confuse a conference tournament with an NCAA tournament. They're both important. But the NCAA tournament's far more important. And he did make a Final Four run in that stretch. It may have been the same year he went to the conference and won the conference tournament, but uh, you know, he, he has been to a Final Four in all those stretches of conference Bruce tournaments. Bruce Pearl's an elite coach. Yes. Bruce, Bruce Pearl's taking a football school to the Final Four, and that doesn't happen by accident. It is fun to, to it, it was it's fun to cheer against them, and it was weird cheering the other day when they were playing Alabama. I, I don't think I've ever found myself cheering for Bruce Pearl in any given situation, but at that point in time, I actually was. Guys, with the uh, with eight teams remaining, uh, what are some of the big story? You got four games today. Of course, Arkansas is the six o'clock one. What do you think? Some of the big storylines outside of just kind of this whole Brandon Miller and, and what's going on with Bama. What, what else stands out with these matchups and these teams that are left over here in the quarters? I think the noon game is going to be a good game. I think the Alabama-Mississippi State game is going to be a good game. I think they're all going to be good uh, from this point forward. Arkansas has got a big game tonight. Kentucky and Vanderbilt um, is going to be a big game tonight. Arkansas and Auburn last night was the more marquee of the two matchups nationally. I suspect tonight, from a national perspective, Kentucky and Vanderbilt may be the more marquee matchup going in. Now, A&M and Arkansas may turn out to be the better game. But, um, you know, Kentucky and Vanderbilt's a marquee game tonight. But Alabama and Mississippi State are, are, you know, they're the two closest campuses to one another in the SEC. And, hey, uh, their kids go back and forth to the campuses. They got girlfriends and boyfriends on the other campus. I mean, they uh, um, uh, there's a really close proximity there, and a lot of them know one another and played against one another. So I think that'll be an interesting matchup today. You think State punched their ticket with the overtime win of Florida? Or? Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to think they were probably in before, but I think they're definitely in now. I, I, I can't imagine them not – not not getting in because um you know we talk about vanderbilt 
Uh, what was Mississippi State? One and seven in the league, something like that at one point. I mean, their turnaround is just as remarkable. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss loses to Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> you wonder, you know, how quickly will they move to name a coach? And Chris Beard's been rooming around that job. It'll be interesting to see what may come out of Ole Miss in the next few days. I think Chris Beard's going to be their coach. I don't know if it's going to be in the next day or two. Um, this may be something that, that, that goes on another week or so. From, from what I understand, though, he is going to be their head coach. Um, they hired Lane Kiffin. Nobody's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, uh, and, and look, let's be candid. You know, we can't out of one side of our mouth say, well, is the bar being charged with a crime when we speak of Brandon Miller? And then say, well, everything's okay with Chris Beard. It's not okay. Read the police report. It's not okay. And coaches who beat up their wives tend to start it, you know, they don't get their pick of the litter, so to speak. When it can, and, and, and I know I'm speaking graphically there, but that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what the charges say or not. That's what happened. Read the police report. So, uh, um, you know. Well, uh, I, hang on. That's hang on, what hang on. happened. There, you there, end there, up there, in places. There is a, a, you know, you start at a bottom spot as opposed to where you were. There's an important difference between Brandon Miller and Chris Beard. Chris Beard was actually charged with a crime but never prosecuted because uh, the, the person involved in this, his fiance, chose not to move forward and left the prosecution no way to move forward with the case. He was actually charged with a crime. Brandon Miller, we hear the testimony of the police officer, he was never actually charged with the crimes i think that's a distinct difference in these two situations well legally yeah you're right but i mean in terms of uh um you know i i just um i got nothing against chris beard i mean i think he's a great coach and i think if you know when he goes to Ole miss i think he'll have success there but you, you can't be hypocritical about things you can't uh you can't condemn one and then say the other's in the clear but they're going to hire him Mm-hmm. And um, again, our 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 standards are lower than they used to be in a lot of areas. And um, he'll, um, uh, I think he'll be their coach. I think he'll be their coach before it's all said and done. So you've now got what's assumed to be Chris Beard, Hugh Freeze. You mentioned Lane. I, I don't know if Lane Kiff, if you want to put him in that category or not. Who am I missing in terms of coaches that have had a questionable, at least, history off the court or off the field? Well, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. In Mm -hmm. fact, you know, every coach out there, if you were to really delve in, and all of us, if you were to really start delving, you'd find some things that you could blow up. Uh, But in these instances, I mean, these are, you know, these are bigger than just things Mm -hmm. that were blown up. But, look, it's – this is how the game's played now. Mm -hmm. I I operate under no illusion. And – I said from the very beginning, they'll hire him. People said, oh, they won't hire him or he won't go there. Yeah, he'll go there and they'll hire him. And that's what's going to happen. Cal's got an opening now uh, out out on the West Coast. Georgetown has an opening. Syracuse had one, but it's filled. Um, You're starting to see some of the movement around the country. And I don't know how big big a job is Georgetown anymore. Big enough for Rick Pitino. It's big enough for Rick Pitino. St. John's probably going to open up. Um, there's going to be some jobs out there. Yeah, it's interesting just to watch the landscape and kind of what's going to happen here over the next few days is now that some teams are making their exit from their conference tournaments, Ty, we're starting to uh, hear about them moving on. And no surprise with the record the last couple of years, Patrick Ewing out at Georgetown. Yeah, Hey, hey Rick Pitino is going to coach somebody. Mm-hmm. Rick Pitino is going to coach one of those teams next year. It may, it may be one of the teams in the Northeast. I don't know. But he's uh, – um, He's going to coach somebody. I mean, there's another one that has kind of been a reclamation project. And, um, you know, Patino's gone, you know, he's gone. He had to start at a smaller spot than Ole Miss, you know, when he began his comeback trail. So, um, you know. The Gales of Iona, Chuck. The Gales of Iona. Hey, Jim Valvano coached there years ago. Iona's good basketball school. Iona's good basketball school. But I'm saying in terms of. The national landscape—it's not a Power Five, and he's—he's he's not making what he would make at a Power Five school. Well, just think about this: last two and a half years, you've lost four four Hall of Famers: Bayheim, Wright, Coach K, Roy Williams. Y'all, there is a wide opening in college basketball right now, and I, I wish Arkansas had been better this season. Not to say they still can't take advantage of it in the NCAA tournament, but there is just this chasm right now in college football with the lack of 
stud head coaches. Not to say that there aren't some young guys that could have success. I mean, this it, it's there for the taking if you're a young, hungry, talented basketball coach with some good players this year. Well, I mean, those guys, you know, three of the four aged out, and uh, Jay Wright's rich. So, I mean, that's the biggest difference now is these guys can, you know, they're, they're, they're wealthy uh, when they, uh, you know, when they get to that point. But, um, yeah, there's some, you know, you got to work that portal. It's a different game now. The, the you know, um, but, yes, they're, you know, when you look at college basketball this year, I've said this you know, a lot the last couple of weeks. I don't, I don't see a team out there you'd bet the house on. Um, so, you know, yeah, somebody will. Somebody will build a dynasty, but it may not be quite like those guys build. Yeah. You mentioned the portal. They've already made, like with it being open, Arkansas, I know, of, is at least in the reports of already making contact. And we were talking with Richard about this yesterday. Not only is Must having to figure out how to beat Texas A&M tonight, and when Selection Sunday rolls around, they'll have to figure out whoever they play, either that 8-9 matchup or that 7-10 matchup. He also has to figure out how he keeps recruiting kids and and putting in zooms and all. I mean, he he is about as time-constrained as it gets the next two weeks when it comes to everything he's having to do. Well, everybody's like this, and I, I I was laughing as you were talking because here's 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 what coaches will never say is that when they're making deep runs, whether it's Dave in baseball, whether it's Muss in basketball, when they're making deep runs into the postseason, in their off hours, they're worried about the teams that aren't still playing out recruiting them. Mm-hmm. That's what they're worried about. That's what they think about. All the time, they're not game planning, they're worried that somebody's beating them in recruiting because they're having to still coach and uh, not having to, but getting to. But I've never talked to a coach whose team's making a run that isn't worried that he's getting beaten on the recruiting trail. Well, and the first thing they want to do when they get back is try to make up for lost time yeah. on the recruiting trail. How many times have we heard Saban following a championship game oh. make similar remarks, you know, following, you know, just minutes after the conclusion of the football well, season? And 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 you hear media people say, well, you know, you know, why didn't he just enjoy this for a day or two? Well, you don't understand how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't understand how it works. Every single one of them's freaked out because they think they're three weeks behind in recruiting. Yeah, even though you got the best message to sell because of the success you just had, your sales. But it's about relationships. It's about relationships, and and somebody's got a chance to get a leg up on you there, and that's what they worry about. Yeah. Hey, we're all going to be spending time online a lot more the next few weeks, checking our brackets, looking at scores, making sure that everything uh, is going the way we planned with our brackets in uh, the postseason. You need a great-looking website for your business because people are spending more time online every day this time of the year. How does your business's website present itself to a first-time visitor or a new customer or potential lead? If you're not happy with that first impression, call our friends at Modular Orange at 479-755-3043. If you think Facebook is your website, you're just wrong. The algorithms aren't set up for your success, and only about 6% of the people that actually like or follow your page will ever see your message. That's why you need your own website that's written, designed, launched, hosted, secured, everything you need from our friends at Modular Orange for only $95 a month. And they'll take care of everything. Let's get the process started, 479-755-3043, or get more details on everything it has told you about at ModularOrange.com. Guys, it's Landline Telephone Day. When's the last time that you guys have had a landline in your house? I I think my my date's back to, I think I was a junior in high school and we still had it. Uh, I don't think we made it past that. That was 2012. It's been over 10 years. We probably cut ours loose eight or 10 years ago. We hadn't had a landline in our house in... I tell you, when they quit, when you had high-speed internet come in and you didn't have to have a phone to have it, that's when we were done with it. What about you, Chuck? When's the last time you've had it's a It's been a long time. I, I, I don't remember exactly when I made the full switch, but it's uh, it's been a while. I was thinking back in the old days. We had ISDN lines. You had mm-hmm. a fax line. When's the last time we had a fax line? And, uh, you know, we had all kinds of phone lines back in the day, and now there aren't any. Now, Tommy, does does Chuck's secretary at his office count as a landline? Like, I don't, I don't know if that computes Which or whatever. Which one? He's got yeah, three. That's, you know, that's a great point. Yeah. There's, uh, there's multiple ones that you have to get a hold of on that. But I actually, I mean, he got one for his schedule to keep up with <laughs> all the games. There's a lot games. of layers. There's a lot of layers. One to keep up you with know, business. That's the point. And then he's got a third secretary. 
and he won't admit this. He's going to say I'm lying just to keep up with his hair appointments. I mean, yeah. th- that's all she does is massage and hair appointments. Yeah. It's it's amazing. So you had a good bit going there. You went low. You went for the cheap <laughs> shot right there. You had a potential good bit there, well, and then you blew it with a personal shot. I See, I, I've learned in doing this show now with Chuck since about August. You can you can mess with him about a lot of things, but uh, don't go don't go near the hair. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to lose mine oh, at some I'm point. I'm fine with that. I I I owned that many years ago. I assure you. Um. I just I was just thinking about that uh, not not your hair of course but the uh, the landline thing I I can't remember you guys would have to help me on this would you would you guys like spend like twenty minutes thirty minutes with your buddies back in the day just talking with them on the phone like I, I know that's what some kids in y'all's age group would do and you're just talking with well normal guys talk to girls yeah I, but or girls know, maybe, I apologize uh, you know, maybe it's you and your buddies I don't know but uh, yeah back in the day you know you. Stretch that phone from the kitchen into yep. a different room where nobody could hear you. It wasn't wireless phones. It wasn't cordless phones. If you were a no. privileged, if you were a child of privilege, you might have like, you remember people would have the children's line. The teen line. up in the yeah. phone book. Yeah. And be, you know, Bob Smith, and then it'd say teen line yeah. underneath that. You knew those were rich kids. <laughs> yeah. We had good cars. And uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, back then you... Uh, you know, you did what you had to do to have a little privacy. Yeah, you had the old uh, the old phone cord that that was to the receiver that it looked like a curly Q fry or something. You like you said, you'd stretch that as far, and then then if you were lucky, save up your money, maybe go buy a long phone cord where you could carry the phone into your room, and then wireless phones or cordless phones came along at some point, but then the battery would go dead on it, but. Uh, yeah, you dial up, you know, Susie or whoever and see if you can get past her dad or Susie. her Susie. You know. I know up until when I was all the way through high school, there was there was one phone in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not touch tone. It was still a rotary phone. And um, that was it. You had one phone. <laughs> and if you had a phone conversation, you were chances are your your brother or your sister was going to be listening in, and you were going to hear about it after <laughs> it was over. That's just how it worked yeah. back then. Pick up the phone and say, hey, Sarah, give me Aunt B. You know, they'd, they'd connect you <laughs> up. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Party line. So... That's the way it was. And you'd, you'd have to battle. If you had siblings, Ty, you'd have to battle with them over phone time. Everybody got their 30 minutes or whatever. Okay. Well, it's also oh, Tommy's now. talking like he's an old guy. Tommy's a young guy, too, <laughs> now. Tommy's talking about cordless phone. There weren't any cordless phones when I was young. I promise you that. No, we'd ha- we had wireless phones when I was a teenager. But when I was a kid, we had the old yeah. long 20-foot curly cue cord oh, yeah. from the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy hearing about y'all's childhood. It makes me... Uh, Makes me remember what well, I not fonder times, but uh, how y'all had to hoof it and rough it, I guess, to a certain degree back in the <laughs> we day. We know any different. I know it's different than these uh, spoiled kids now getting everything. I see. We were pretty spoiled too. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.